Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. You belong. You belong to the body of Christ. You belong to Journey Church Ventura. You're welcome here. And because of what God has placed in your heart, in your life, in your circumstance, God wants to use you. And that makes you a significant part of the body of Christ. Today we start a series called You Belong. And for the next four weeks, including this week, we're going to look at why we belong in the body of Christ. Why there's, there's uh, a, a, an inclusion that should happen in every church, and especially here at Journey Church. We want everyone to know that you have a place of significance in the body of Christ. And uh, I'm excited about that because the reality is, is that quite often in, in many organizations and even churches at times, you don't feel like you belong. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. Have you ever felt like an outsider? Have you ever felt like you're outside looking in kind of, and, and you use language like this. If you use language like this, um, your church, Pastor Ricardo, is a good church. If you use the word your, that's your church, then that tells me that you have yet to feel like it's your church. That, that you don't feel like, I could say, our church is a good church. Or our church is doing great things. Or our church is a, a great place to be at. If, it, if, you, if you're saying your church, then there's an ownership problem that hasn't taken place yet. That hasn't, that hasn't connected. Maybe you're a fringe person. Have you ever felt like you're on the fringe? You're just on the edges and uh, you're not connected, uh, but you feel like you're on the very edges and, and, and not on the inside of things that are happening. Or here's another place, uh, another title that you might have is a bench sitter. You feel like you're a bench sitter. You feel like you've been placed on the bench or you're, you're sitting on the bench and you're not in the game. Uh, I've played sports uh, most of my life and the, the bench is the worst place for me to be because I just don't want to get out there. I want to get out there. I want to play. I want to play. And uh, I'm not a good bench sitter. And so um, maybe there's some skill sets that I need to learn in, in, other, in some of the sports that have been on the bench, but I just meant I wasn't meant for that particular game. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't want anyone to feel like they're an outsider or a fringe person or a bench sitter. We want everyone to feel like they belong and that there's a place that you have that's significant and meaningful and purposeful. And that's important to us. That's valuable to us. And I just want to encourage you today and throughout this series and invite people with you that, that are feeling alone, that are feeling like they don't belong to something that's bigger than they are, that's, that's significant and meaningful. Because here at Journey, we believe that the whole purpose, our whole reason for being is to include people into the mission of God, which is making a difference in people's lives, helping us all overcome ourselves and getting to that place where we have an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ and we make a difference in this world. And so I want to encourage you today, uh, you're not a fringe person. You're not an outsider. You're not a bench sitter. You are a significant and purposeful human being by God's design. God loves you. He cares about you. And he's designed you to be a part of the body of Christ. A significant part. There's no small parts. There's no insignificant parts. There's every part is meaningful. Now, the, the tension is, is that many churches uh, <clears throat> will, will ask you to fit in rather than find your fit. 
There's a big difference. Fitting in means that we, we set a standard and you have to come in and fit into that standard. You have to be something different than you are. That we create the, 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 the personality or we create the clothing that you have to wear. We create the, the methods of which you worship or all those kinds of things. You know, I, I, I went to a church. I was a pastor at a church. I think I've told this story before. And uh, it was a church of Norwegians. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Latino. And so um, when I got there as a lead pastor and we started worshiping, I'm like, and they're all like, and I'm like, oh, man, this place is dead. This place is dead. And the longer I was there, the more I realized that Norwegians just aren't expressive people. They're not like Gary, who's over here going crazy with Jesus and having a good worship experience. They're not like some of you that are more expressive. There are others of, you know, these guys were like this. And what I realized in time is that... Uh, I was asking people to do something that they weren't at all, personality-wise, comfortable with. And, but what I did realize is that if their eyebrows went up, revival was happening. I mean, God was moving and moving radically in their lives. I mean, any expression that happened in, their, in themselves was a great expression. And I learned to embrace that. And there, there were times where we just had great worship services and their eyebrows were going up and down all service. It was really, really powerful. <laughs> and, and in other places, you know, so what I'm saying is our expectations of who you are and what you are and how you express yourself, those aren't defined. They shouldn't be. Because we're all created differently. Some of us are more emotional than others, and some of us are more kind of subtle and kind of like, I'm okay just being right here. I love Jesus with all my heart, and my eyebrows will go up every once in a while because I, I'm experiencing an emotional high. But that's okay. However you are, that's how we want people to come and be whoever you are. And <clears throat> I think that's very, very important. Everyone belongs because of the design that God has made us. Everyone belongs because of how God has made us, and we are all unique. We're not asking you to fit in. We're asking you to find your fit. It's like a puzzle. You know, if you, if you ask a puzzle to fit in, have you ever tried to put a piece that doesn't belong in the space that, it, that you think it should go? And it just won't fit. Well, that's because you're trying to make it fit in instead of trying to find its fit. All of us belong in the body of Christ. We just have to find our place, right? We have to find it. And then what that does is create this body that goes way out there and does amazing things. And I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that in just a moment. But here's the challenge. And, and this, I want to give you a little context in the church that we're going to look at in just a minute. The Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a mess. It was a, it was a troubled church. They were having all kinds of relational issues and marriage and incest and all kinds of sinful issues that were going on there. It was crazy stuff. And then they, were, um, <laughs> they would come in and, to church, and if it was communion Sunday, um, there were pe the people who got there early would eat all the communion elements and drink the wine, which it was real wine in that context, and they would get drunk before service. They're drinking all the wine and eating all the crackers uh, for communion and the bread. And, and, and they were disrespecting everyone else. There was no order in this church or no sense of responsibility to be concerned for others. It was all about themselves. This church was also um, would, would hold high the practice of speaking in tongues. 
So much so that they, they elevated that gift to you are really spiritual if you spoke in tongues. And everyone was speaking in tongues. Every, and their services were crazy. They were not understandable. No one could understand what was going on. And there was little interpretation, little practice of order in, in the service. And, and this, this church was out of control. Well, the reason that happens is because churches sometimes will identify one thing and then encourage everybody to try for that one thing. And that's not the way the church is built. We are a diverse group of people gifted differently and gifted in many different ways. And as a result, we are able then to put those gifts together and become a force to be reckoned with. But once we become focused on one thing, then it's a problem. It's the, it's the way it is in America. I mean, uh, Idol, The Voice, those kinds of shows elevate talent, and they should. But if I were to say, man, I got to be on The Voice, they would, they would not turn around. Their chairs would not turn. If I were an Idol, you know, they, they would look at me and go, no, that's not your thing. <laughs> you shouldn't be singing. And I don't sound bad, but I'm not great. It's not my gift. It's not what I'm called to. It's not what I'm supposed to spend my energy on. But if I said, no, I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing, I would spend my life trying to do something I'm not shaped to do. And too often we ask people to do that. Too often we get focused on one type of gift, one type of skill, one type. I mean, I would love to be able to sing. I would love to be able to play an instrument, but that's not my thing. And it would be irresponsible of me to try and make that my thing when I'm not designed that way. And I have to learn to embrace who I am and what I've been designed to do. Here's a saying I want you to think about. It's a lot easier to chase an experience than to become one. It's a lot easier to chase an experience than to become one. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Sometimes we want to go to an experience and experience things rather than become what God wants us to be and become the experience because when we become the experience, when we exercise our gift, there's a spiritual power that is used when God uses us and that power changes lives and we become the experience. And here's the danger with, with people that like to chase spiritual experiences. They go from one experience to another, to another, to another, and they hope that each experience will elevate itself so that they keep having these emotional highs. And as a result, they, they only chase the emotion. And when the emotion's gone, and when the discipline kicks in, to be a person of faith and to be who we're called to be, which is to serve with the gifts that we're given, then they dive out. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And here's what kind of church we need to be. We need to be the church that becomes the experience rather than chases it. Because we are becoming and being who God has called us to be. And when we are that, and when we're acting out that gift or that talent or that skill set that God's designed us to be, there's a spiritual power, and I'll describe that in just a second through, with Scripture, that goes out and makes a difference. And that church cannot be stopped. Why? Because everybody belongs. Belongs in a certain place. Belongs in, in, in a place of, of purpose, of intention, God's intention. And so we start with the Corinthian church in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 
And it says, about, it says this. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. In other words, to things that didn't make a difference in your life. You just gave yourself to stuff. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can't say that God is our leader if we're not following the Holy Spirit. Can't say it. But if you are following the Holy Spirit, then the, the Spirit is your leader, and God is our leader. And then in verse 4, it says this, and this is the key right here. In verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So here's what this passage is saying, in, in essence. First of all, it uses the word same twice and, and uh, actually three times. Yeah, it says it three times. Thank you. And it says this about this. There are the same, different kinds of gifts, but the same God. So the gifts are what we receive, right? I get a gift, I have it. Now what do I do with this gift? Okay, it says that there are different kinds of service. Now I use that gift to serve others. Everybody has a gift, and now we have to serve others. And then what it says there is there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the God at work. In other words, when I start, I take my gift, I use the gift, and when I use the gift, the power of using that gift makes a difference. The shame is, is that too often we don't discover our gifts. We don't use them. And therefore, there's no power going out from there. And the end result is we're an ineffective group of people. Because we're not all using our gifts. We're not all using what God has given us to do. And as a result, we <clears throat> miss out on the opportunity to see God make a difference in our world. And what I love about this is in all of them and in every one, this passage says, in all of them and in every one. There's no special meaning in the Greek or Hebrew that says uh, everyone means uh, only a select few. It says everyone, all of us, every person in this room has a place and has a significant opportunity to serve God and see life change in their lives as well as the lives of others. And so then it keeps going. It says, now to each one of them, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So your gift is never to be used for you. It's to be used for the common good, for the whole of all of us. In, in other words, you can't serve by yourself and accomplish God's purpose for your life. Doesn't, doesn't work that way. We're all to serve in community. That's why it's a beautiful thing when we get together on a, on a weekend or we get together for a single mom's oil change or we get together for some other event where we're serving people and meeting people's needs and we're doing what God's called us to do. It's at that point where the church becomes an irresistible environment for others. It's powerful. It's powerful because why? We're doing everything that we're designed to do for the common good, for the good of all. And then in verse 8 it says this, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by, the same, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, 
to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And so all these things are given for the purpose of, <clears throat> of serving God. And it's all given by God. It's not, we don't decide what we get. We don't determine what we get. We don't, you don't look at, at your parents and say, I want this gift. Well, my kids did. <laughs> my kids would always tell us. And, and I love Amazon. Because you can, you can create your gift list there. And you don't have to guess what your kids want or your wife wants. I'm terrible about this with my wife. I'll buy everything on the list. But if there's nothing on the list, I don't know what to get. Isn't that bad? Not terrible. I, I love it. But, uh, and so in these days, we tell our, our, our friends and our family what to get us. But um, you don't tell God that. God gives you the gift that he has designed you to have so that you can have the, the, the best and most effective uh, effect on, on the lives of people and in the church. And as a result, we see great things happen. And so at the end of this passage, it says, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines God is in control of the design of our lives individually and of the church. And when that happens, it is a beautiful thing when it all comes together, and we begin to embrace the design we are made to be. Verse 12, just as a body, through, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So here the metaphor goes from a body to now it's the body of Christ. We are Jesus to this world. That's the bottom line. Together, we are Jesus to this world. When we're as individuals and when we're out there witnessing or, or, or telling people about Jesus... Um, we're out there making a difference. That's good. But when we are together, we build the image of Jesus to this world. It's powerful. When we work together, when we uh, serve together, when we give together, when we do all these things, we, together we are the body of Christ to this world, and then Jesus becomes real. And that's why we must work together, because we're all designed to be one body. And so, at verse 13, it says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we, and we were all given to the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body of Christ is not made up of one part, but of many. So he goes back to, we're one body, but we're many parts. And I love what this says. It says, uh, Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. In this context, that included everybody. There was no race there was no status that, that uh, devalued anybody. Everybody's on equal ground. Everybody is important. Everybody is significant. Everybody belongs in the body of Christ. Slave or free, Jew or Gentile, does not matter. Everybody belongs. You belong. You belong. Isn't that powerful? You belong to the body of Christ. You are significant. You are meaningful. You have value. Everything about you is important to the body of Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So what Paul is doing with the Corinthian church is he's trying to help them understand that there are so many gifts and so many people that make up the body that we can't value one thing over another. 
And everything is important. Every gift is important. And so we must encourage everyone to exercise who they are. How God has designed you to be to fit into the body of Christ. Not to fit into, in other words, adapt yourself to the shape that we want you to fit into. But God has made this puzzle right here, Journey Church Ventura. He's made this puzzle for all of us to fit together and have a purpose to work together to accomplish something great for him. That's what this is all about. That's why we're all um, important. I believe that the, 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 especially the modern church has the same problem as modern individuals. We have a body image problem. We have a body image problem. Why? Because we look at the world and we let the world tell us what we're supposed to look like and what we're supposed to act like, and what we're supposed to buy. And as a result, we compare ourselves to the image we see on the television or in the advertisement or wherever we get our image from, and we, then we make that comparison, and we go, oh, I'm not good. And if we do that as a church, we could look at all the models of business or all the things out in the church, and we could say, we're not like that, therefore we're ineffective, or we're not important, or we're insignificant, or we can't make a difference. And I don't believe that at all. We need a healthy picture of who Jesus is, and that's who we're to become like. And believe that God is putting us together by his design to do something significant. Is there an amen in the room? Are we, are we okay? You guys all right? Am I beating up on you? or would, you know, Is everything okay? All right. I don't think there's any sleepy in the air. <clears throat> Verse 15 says this. Now if the body should say, if the, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, <clears throat> it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Oh my goodness, if we can just hang our hat right there and, and live that out. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So earlier he said, even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. So he's emphasizing the diversity. But now he's focusing as it is, there are many parts but one body. So we are diverse, but we're together. Which means that everybody is important. Everybody belongs. And I love that. I love that message. And I hope that you will embrace that message. And not do what they're doing here, which is that comparison thing. Now, if the, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. So if my foot said, because I'm not a hand, okay, I'm done being my foot. I don't belong to the body anymore. Where's my foot? It's still on the body. You're stuck. <laughs> You're stuck with the body. I actually titled this message to myself, um, uh, You Belong Whether You Like It or Not. I didn't necessarily like that title because whether you like it or not doesn't imply a real positive, but it's true. You belong. Whether you like it or not, you are part of the body and you can't tell me that you're, you're not because you are. 
And it's important that you embrace that. It's important that you understand that you, we cannot, we cannot, and the Bible is telling us that we cannot. I'm not telling you, Pastor Ricardo, I'm telling you that the Bible is saying that we aren't allowed to look ourselves in the eye or in the mirror and say, I don't belong, because you do. And not only that, but you do because God's designed you and you are significant and you are valued and you are important. The truth is, if we all became one thing, we would be deformed. Here's the statement. Singularity is deformity. Is deformity. If we all wanted to be um, um, Ron, we would be as good as, as, as nice as he is. He's a wonderful person, right? There's only a couple amens there. I'm not, we need to pray for Ron. But if we were all him, we'd all be up here. There would be nobody out here. Nobody greeting. Nobody serving coffee. That would be the most wrong thing right there. That, that, there there's, we have to understand that's deformity. That's, that's, you, would, you would say if, if Ricardo only had an arm that he's disabled because that would look weird, first of all. Secondly, there would be no head, no other part of the body here, and it, it would just be an arm. And, and, it, and Paul makes that point. If, everybody, if we were all an eye, where would the smell be, sense of smell be? How, how does that work? It doesn't. And we need to understand that. We need to embrace who we are. And when we do, that's when the power begins to flow from our lives. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. So now arrogance steps in. I'm all important. I don't need you. I don't. The truth is, and, and I'm letting you know as a pastor, there is no way we could do anything without everyone involved. There's no way. I, I don't care as a pastor what kind of skills or talents I have. If, if we don't do this together, it won't work. And that's true for any other talent or skill in this room and in this body. One talent won't get it done. Many talents will. Many giftings, many hands working, many people serving, many people doing what they're gifted to do will work. But it won't work if we just try and do it ourselves or leave it up to others to do their own thing. And really, it's competition at this point. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with, spe with special modesty. Well, the, the, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together. Again, let's embrace that. Giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part, part rejoices with it. And so this is just one together thing, experiencing, and we're all working together, all encouraging each other, celebrating each other's successes, and hurting when we fail, or when we're hurting. 
Our, our new worship leader, Leanna Harb, she uh, this week contracted COVID and is not doing well. She's, she's, she's feeling really poorly. She's okay. Um, she's not in the hospital, but she's not feeling well at all. And, uh, and she's praying for us today, but we need to pray for her today. When one part of the body suffers, the whole part does. Right? You've had that little hangnail that gets you right in the, in the crease of your, your, your finger right there, and, and it just aches and it hurts, and you're like, why do I feel so bad? Why, do, why does all of me feel bad when I just have this little thing right here? Because it hurts. And your whole body feels it. We'll pray for Leanna in just a little bit. And then it ends this way. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. He just puts it straight out there. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We need to embrace this. We need to embrace the idea that God has uniquely designed us. And, and there's not an insignificant part of the body. Two ladies this week came in and vacuumed this room, put the papers in the, in the seat backs, and that is a gift from God. That is a gift from God. It's not insignificant. It's not unimportant. They're not uh, just small. No, they're significant parts of the body that gave their time and energy to come in and do something that seemingly might be small, but it's important and valuable, and it's a gift. And when people use those gifts, believe it or not, you're sitting in seats that have been prayed for because they pray for the seats as they fill them with the papers. And you've been prayed for because they came and they vacuumed the spaces and all those kinds of things. And there's just little things that go on like that that make a huge difference. There's lots of opportunity Lots of opportunity for you to find where you fit. Not where you fit in. Not where you can adapt to a, a particular way that we would want you to, to look. But we want to find your gift and then help you walk in that gift and see the power of God use you to make a difference in our world. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Every person we see should be viewed through the eyes of God's design, not our preference. Let me read that one last time. Every person we see should be viewed through the eyes of God's design, not preference. I don't get to determine what your gift is or how you're designed. My, my joy is to find out how you're designed and then find a, the right place for you. As a pastor, my, my goal, my ambition, my energy should be spent helping you discover where God has uh, gifted you and designed you so that you can fulfill your purpose in the body. And when that happens, there's great things that occur. And there won't be enough seats in these rooms to fill. And we're going to keep moving forward and seeing God do amazing things like that. Let's pray. Lord, I believe that today you are calling each of us, every one of us, to discover who we are in you, to take our talents, our gifts, our abilities, 
and use them for your glory. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to the hearts and lives of every person, myself included, in this room. And God, that we would all find that place where we belong. We can't tell someone else that they don't belong. We can't tell ourselves that we don't belong. Because, Lord, you tell us that we do belong. And that we are important and significant and have value to the body of Christ and to the purpose of which you've called us, which is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover your love, grace, and forgiveness while together growing in you. And I pray that you help us, God, to fulfill our purpose and plan, to fulfill our place and find that place in the puzzle that we fit so that we can complete the picture, so that we can make a complete body, not having any disabilities, not having any faults, not having any things that, that um, are incomplete, but we could be a complete body that is functioning at its fullest potential, reaching this community and this county for Christ. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that everybody in this room answer the call of your spirit and your word that tells us that you have designed us for significance. I pray today that your Holy Spirit would work in the hearts and lives of every person in this room right now. Right now. God, I believe you're doing something significant. I believe that you're calling hearts that have felt like they're sidelined, felt like they were benched, felt like they're on the fringe or on the outside. Lord, I pray that you help us all to embrace each other and work together to accomplish your purpose using the design you've made us for. I thank you and I praise you for that. God, I pray for those people right now that may be online or on site that are, are considering a relationship with you. Maybe you're here today and you haven't yet made a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you that opportunity by saying you simply have to say this, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you were raised from the dead and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. That simple prayer will enable you to have your sins completely forgiven. The promise of eternal life with Jesus Christ. And as you follow him, you will find where you fit. And I believe God's going to do that right now. Will you pray this simple prayer with me? If you want to commit your life to Christ today, pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for the mistakes I've made that have separated me from you. And I accept the work that you did on the cross to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for making me clean and whole today. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And today I have the promise of eternal life and a relationship with you forever. God, I commit my life to you. And I will follow you with my whole heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.